being with children um, here, being with children yesterday in Mexicali, uh, we begin to understand more and more about why God loves a childlike heart and why we as adults really grow when we love our children and when we give to them. Um, I just have one story that I'll share from Mexicali yesterday. Uh, while all the gifts were being opened, this year they did it differently, where instead of the kids opening the gifts right when they received them, they asked the kids to hold on to the gifts until everybody got their gift and opened them up. Um, well, apparently one kid had gone ahead and opened his gift early. And um, I saw him walking around with his head down, and he was walking back. And then I saw this girl, who I just assumed to be his older sister, walk up to him and, and put his arm around her, him, her. She put his arm around him. And, um, and then they were just standing there, and I could tell his head was down, looked like he was crying. And so I saw Fidel, and since Fidel was our only uh, Spanish-speaking friend there, uh, we asked Fidel to go and talk to him and find out if something had gone wrong. And so uh, Fidel went over there and, and talked to him, and it uh, turned out that what had happened was uh, we had received not only the names of the children to give gifts to, but we had received what the requests were. And uh, he had opened up his gift, and he looked into his bag, and it wasn't what he wanted. Uh, he had wanted Legos, and he got a jacket. And, um, and so he was walking away, and his sister, whoever, was trying to comfort him. But then when Fidel got there, I could see Fidel talking to him. And, you know, Fidel is like the most encouraging guy here. And he's just like, come on, you know. And then, um, then Alric went over there. And Al had brought, you know, sort of a lifetime supply of soccer balls with him. And, um, and so Al comes over, and he gives him the soccer ball. And then, the, you see, I'm watching from a distance, and the boy's countenance sort of perks up, and the sister's smiling. But then Fidel takes the jacket out of the bag, and he has him put it on. And it's a really nice jacket. And I can see Fidel. He's looking like a salesman. You know, he's, like, he's telling him, I guess, like, look at this. This is like, it's just you. It's you, you know, and it's, and it's, 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 it's your color. It's blue, and, and you know what? It, it's free, you know? And this is awesome. And, and this is something that I, I thought about for us. Is a lot of times... We don't get what we want in life. We don't get what we want. Um, but we do get what we need. And, and I'm sure that this boy needed a jacket much more than he needed Legos. But, you know, God, when he comes to us, he understands both sides. He understands what we want, and he understands what we need. But sometimes he has to send somebody to us to remind us of who that is. He has to send somebody to us to tell us how we are to believe. When we receive something that we don't understand or we receive something that we don't like or we receive something that we didn't even ask for, sometimes we're confused, like, God, why? Why did this happen in my life? And sometimes we think it's not a good thing. But then when this encourager comes, we find out it's a very, very good thing. And Advent is this way for you and for me that God has given to us his son, Jesus Christ. And a lot of people reject Jesus. But a lot of people, especially all of us here, are interested in Jesus at the very least. But for many of us, he's everything to us. And this is the way it ought to be for those of us who call ourselves Christians. And so as we come into the Christmas season, as we come up here to Advent, God wants us to not just believe in Jesus, but God wants us to put our whole self into this belief. Yesterday, when I was driving down, Sean asked me a question. 
And, and one of the, the questions he asked me is, if you could have three things for harvest, three things that would establish the culture of harvest, what would they be? And one of the things that I shared with him was that I would want harvest to be hungry for God. I would want you to be so hungry for God that nothing in this world could ever satisfy you, but only the presence of Jesus in your life and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit coming into your life and the knowledge that God our Father loves us so much and that we would totally buy into this and that's what I believe would be real belief. Because to believe is not just a mental assent. Believe is not just to know that there's a fact. Believe is not to know that this is something that I know is true. Belief goes way beyond that to where we really trust ourselves into something. And today we're going to look at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the title of today's message, which comes from the book that we're studying and the book that's helping us to follow along in this series, is the title of today's message is, Blessed is she who believed, and that is Mary. But it's not just she's who believe. It's, it's all of us who can believe. And so today we're going to also look at Joseph, but we're going to look at them so we can see how we are to believe. Because again, I think all of us have this ability to say we believe, but we don't totally buy into it. And this is what God would have for us today. Um, Bob Vernon, um, who is a speaker, uh, goes around, well, I don't know if he passed away by now. He was an older man. And he was a former police chief of the Los Angeles Police Department, and he's a Christian, and he'd speak at places, and uh, he tells this story about how he's in charge of training the rookies, uh, police officers, and so they go through all their training, and when it gets to ballistics, and it gets into, you know, the dangerous part of their job, he shows, tells them, you guys are going to wear a bulletproof vest, and this is going to help to protect your life, and so we're going to show you just how effective this vest is. And so they take him out to the field, and there's a mannequin out there, and the mannequin has the bulletproof vest on, and a bunch of officers just begin shooting, pow, 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 just blasting that mannequin. And then he, he, everybody goes over, and they take off the jacket, and, and there's not a dent on the mannequin. And, and everything looks good. And he goes, this is what you guys are going to wear. Now I need a volunteer <laughs> to put this on. And then we're going to see, indeed, it really does work to protect even a human life, not just a mannequin. Who would like to volunteer? Whoever volunteers believes. Whoever volunteers truly, truly believes. Now, our bulletproof vest is God. Our bulletproof vest is God. And the question is, do we really believe that God has our back? and that God has our front, and that God has our side? Do we really believe that everything that we say we believe is what we are depending on in our lives? And that's what Advent is for us. It's an opportunity for us to learn again and again and again each year that when we come to God, we can believe. And so if you look into your outline and into your notes, You'll see how we, again, each time we come together, we need to approach God as a family just as we approach God as individuals. And so we approach God humbly, and we recognize who he is. He's not Santa Claus. He's not just some happy grandfather. He is God Almighty, the Ancient of Days, who was here before creation was here and who made creation. And so we come and we bow before him humbly and reverently and with faith. And then 
like Mary, we can say these words. And you have them there on your outline under the presenting myself. Would you say them out loud with me? Let's say it together. Here I am, O Lord, your servant. Let it be with me according to your word. Now these are similar words to what Mary said when an angel came to see her to give her a gift that she didn't yet understand. But we're going to seek to understand what this means and we go into today's message. And then there is an invitation after we have presented ourselves to God. We are inviting God's presence into our hearts and into our lives and into this place here as we worship together. So would you say with me this simple prayer that begins with, Come Holy Spirit. Let's say it together. Come Holy Spirit and enlarge your presence in me this day that I may bring into the world more of your life and more of your love. Amen. This is what we want. When we believe, it's not just for us. When we believe, it is so that what goes into us goes out into the world and touches other people. That belief is not selfish. Belief is to be selfless and to give to other people. And Mary and Joseph had that. And the question is, what was it that Mary and Joseph had that they could believe so strongly? What was it that Mary and Joseph had as parts of their being that you and I, as human beings, just like Mary and Joseph, that we can have as well? What is it that they had that we can have? And the first thing that we see that they had that we can have is courage. And it's the courage to believe. So if you would open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter, 20, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And um, did we pass out the Bibles? We didn't, we didn't have the Bibles there. So um, you can use your apps today. Right, we've been encouraging, if you're um, visiting here, we've been encouraging you to bring your real Bible, if you have a real Bible. Um, and we usually have real Bibles around, but, oh, they're getting them now. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand, and they're going to be passed out right now. And we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. So it's the third book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And then we're going to look at Matthew in just a little bit. We're going to look first at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. And there it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now we see... This, okay. Now we see. All right. Now we see that Mary faced an angel, and she had what you and I would have at first, fear. She was afraid. She was afraid, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary was just a little girl. In the days of Jesus, a virgin girl was, when they said that she's a virgin, that meant she was between the ages of 12 to 14. So the scholars that look back on the Bible believe Jerry, Mary was somewhere around 15 or younger when she was engaged to be married to Joseph. She's just a little girl. She's, she's from the tribe of Judah, one of the tribes of Israel, and she is a direct descendant 
of David, King David. And God had chosen her because of her purity and because she had been prepared by God to be the one who would give birth to Jesus. God had also prepared a man named Joseph to be her husband. So if you would turn to the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to begin at verse 18 and go through verse 20 and see what happens to Joseph as, as he also encounters an angel and as he begins to experience what we call Christmas. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. And it says there, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So to both Mary and to Joseph, an angel comes, and this angel's name is Gabriel, and Gabriel comes to tell them that they are going to be, for Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and for John, the stepdad, the earthly stepdad of Jesus, and, and he is going to have to raise this amazing, perfect child. Thank you, Brian. And he's going to have to raise this amazing child. And the Bible says that he was afraid. And we can imagine for different reasons that Joseph might have been afraid. Now, the most obvious one is he's standing in front of an angel. Right? You know, an angel suddenly appears in his room or in this dream, and he's afraid of this angel. The other reason he might have been afraid that we could understand is that, well, you know, Mary says she's pregnant by God, by the Holy Spirit. You know, this is kind of strange and I don't know if I can believe this, and maybe she's really pregnant because she wasn't faithful to me, and I'm afraid, like, if I have to marry her, then I'm going to share that shame. I mean, I really love her, but I don't want to bear that the rest of my life. He'd be afraid of that. Or maybe he believed Mary when Mary told him that she had conceived the Holy Spirit and that the one in her was a holy one, and this was going to be called the Son of God. And maybe he believed that. And then maybe he was afraid, like, oh my gosh, I am too insignificant. I am not qualified to take care of the Son of God. There are a lot of reasons why Joseph might have been afraid. Now, Joseph was older than Mary, and scholars think that he was somewhere between 18 to 20 years old. And they were betrothed, which means in our language they were engaged. And an engagement in that day would last about a year and during that time, it was almost as if they were married. So in the Jewish culture, to be betrothed was as if they are married. And that's why Joseph is called her husband in these verses. So he's called her husband because that's how they saw it. Even though they weren't you know, officially married yet, they were so close in regards to the culture that it was as if they were married. And so when Mary says that she's pregnant, the obvious thought is that she's had adultery or fornication and that she's pregnant because she was unfaithful. But Joseph, the Bible tells us, isn't going to hurt her because Joseph wants to take care of her. He loves her, but he's a man, and he's afraid. But he wants to obey, and he does. And this is a challenge for you and for me that both Mary and Joseph 
faced an angel. They faced a problem. They faced an opportunity. They faced the greatest thing that might ever happen in this world, but they were afraid to receive it. And I think that's true for you and for me. Sometimes we are afraid to believe. Maybe we're afraid to believe because we know what it might cost. You mean if I really believe in God, then that means that I have to give my life to him? If I really believe in in God, that means that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I have to trust that he's got everything in control. You mean if I really believe in God, then that means I can't live like the rest of the world lives? It might cost me something. In fact, it might cost me everything. Do I really want to believe that? And you go, well, I don't know. But if we really want to jump all in, then we have to believe with all of our heart. We have to have the courage to believe. David Jeremiah, who's a, a be- wonderful pastor and teacher and he t- down in a church in San Diego, um, he has a ministry, and, and uh, one of the things in his ministry is he goes around and he speaks, and one of the conferences that he speaks at is called Stand Up. It's called Stand Up. And he has this wonderful saying that, that sort of is the, the foundation of his ministry of Stand Up. And he says, don't stand down. That's compromise. Don't stand aside. I'm sorry, don't stand down, that's cowardice. Don't stand aside, that's compromise. Don't stand against, that's contention. Stand up, that's conviction and courage. And we live in a world that's pretty scary. And if we're going to live as Christians, it's going to be even scarier because the world isn't always going to receive it. If we're going to live in this world as light, and if we're going to live in this world as salt, and if we're going to live in this world the way God would have us to live, we are going to face scary circumstances. And God's going to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Don't stand down. Don't give up. Don't stand aside. Don't give in. Don't stand against. Don't fight and rebel. But instead, stand up. Stand up and have courage. Stand up and have that conviction that what the Bible says is true and what you say you believe, you really do believe. The second thing that we learn from Joseph and from Mary is that we can trust and stand on God's word about Jesus. We can trust and we can stand on God's word about who God says his son is. So if you turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 33. I'll read it, and we see what God's word says about his son. So he's speaking to Mary, the angel, and he says, you will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are given the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Remember, Mary was from the tribe of Judah. She was a descendant of David. And so when she heard the name David, she would have been familiar with the fact that David was royalty and that David had a throne. And the angel was saying that the one that's going to be born from you, Mary, he's going to sit on the throne of David. In other words, he's going to reign over all the world. He's going to reign over all of Israel. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob. He's going to have a kingdom, and it's not going to be just of this world, Mary. It's going to be over a kingdom that lasts forever. And Mary believed this. She would have believed God's word to her 
because she was faithful. And maybe and probably she would have remembered a prophecy in the Old Testament, a prophecy about Bethlehem, the birthplace of her descendant, ancestor David. And it's in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So Micah is one of the harder verses or chapters of the, book, of the Bible to find. Um, it's in the Old Testament. It's in what's called the Minor Prophets, which are the end of the Old Testament. If you count backwards, it's a little easier. So if you go to the very end of the Old Testament, you go backwards. It's the seventh book from the end. You'll find Micah. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and then a portion of verse 5 I'm going to read. Matthew, Micah 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, remember Bethlehem is the birthplace of David. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, you, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient of times. So not only was this the birthplace of her, of her ancestor David, it was also going to be the birthplace of David's descendant, the Messiah, the ruler over Israel. This would be his place of birth. This was spoken about 700 B.C., so 700 years before Jesus was born, that the Messiah would be born in a place called Bethlehem. Ephrata simply means fruitful, and Ephrata sometimes is sort of a, a, another name of Bethlehem. And so Bethlehem is going to be the birthplace of the Messiah, and we go to verse 5, it says that he will be their peace. He's going to be a ruler. He's going to sit on a throne. He is going to reign in a kingdom, and he's going to reign as a God and as a king and as a Lord of peace. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And if we were lighting candles as we did last year, we would be lighting the fourth candle, which is called the candle of peace, which represents the peace of Jesus, which is spoken about in Micah chapter 5, chapter 5 verse 5, that he is our peace. And in this world, we need peace. And in a place where we need courage, when we have the courage of God, it gives us peace within. And without Christ, there is no peace. It was a hard time for Mary. She's still seeking to understand. And God speaks to her, and God speaks to us, and he speaks through this angel of how God will continue to work and how his peace will be worked out into our lives. And so when we go to verse 34 of Luke. Go back to the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 1, verse 34. And we listen and we see how Mary begins to put things together as the angel speaks to her. In Luke chapter 1, verse 34 through 37, it says this, and she's asking the angel after she's been told that she's going to have Messiah, she's going to have this baby. She says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Those are such important words to you and to me. For nothing is impossible with God. No matter what problems we may face, no matter where we may need peace, no matter where there is pain, 
there is a place that God himself is working in our lives right now. In those places. And even though she did not yet know all that it would mean, she was going to take a life now that was going to be a life very different than anybody else. And she was going to have so much suffering in her own life. She was going to have so much joy in her own life. But she was going to need God in every place of her life. And the angel tells her, Mary, though you don't understand everything, I want you to understand this, that God can do anything and that nothing is impossible with him. And so God comes upon her. And he comes upon her in the way of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary in some of our versions, it says. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And this is a reference back to the Old Testament, to the days when God himself would come into the temple and overshadow the Holy of Holies. And his spirit would come in there. And they would show his presence in that way in the temple of the Holy of Holies. And now Mary's womb is like that temple. And the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her. Do you think she fully understood everything? No, I don't. But she believed. And I think this is something that's so important for us, too, is we don't have to understand to believe. We don't have to understand everything to believe. I've talked to people who have said, you know, I want to believe in Jesus, but I can't until I understand this, this, and this, and this. And it's like, got to say, you know, there are some things you, you can't understand until you believe. And there are some things that you can't wait to understand to believe, or you'll never believe. One of my favorite quotes is from St. Augustine. And he says this, and you have it there in your, on your outline as well. But he says this, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that thou mayest believe, but believe that thou mayest understand. Believe that thou mayest understand. This is a choice that we can make. We can choose to believe and place our trust in God without fully understanding everything that happens. We can stand upon God's word and we can believe what the Bible says about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, we read some more about what the Bible is teaching us about Jesus as the angel speaks to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to the son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As Mary and Joseph believed, and as they stood upon the word of God as it was coming through the angel, they were understanding this. They were beginning to understand who Jesus was. And first of all, they had to understand the baby's name was going to be Jesus. The baby's name is Jesus. And Jesus um, means that he is Jehovah, the God of salvation. Or literally, Jehovah is salvation, is the meaning of the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he is going to be the son of, he is the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. And as we said before, he sits upon a throne, and he will reign, and he has a kingdom, and he is holy. 
He is the Holy One who will save their people from their sins. Who will save his people from their sins. Mary believed as she listened, though I'm sure she didn't fully yet understand. You and I are in the same place. We don't fully understand everything yet about God. We don't fully understand everything about what's happening in our world as chaotic as it seems. We don't understand everything that's happening in our own lives right now. In fact, it almost seems contradictory in some times that what we're going through to be that God really is in control of this when it hurts so much, when it's so confusing, when I have a hard time sleeping or when my body aches because of all the stress that I feel for what's going on or because my children are hurting and I don't know how to help them and I wish and I want and my parents are, are getting older and I don't know how to take care of them and I wish that I could be there, but I don't know what to do. And all of us are going through stuff like this. But God says, I've got it. I've got it. And I'm going to take care of it. Trust me and believe. Trust me and give yourself to me. This is the third thing that we see that both Joseph and Mary do. Is that they give themselves wholly to God. They give themselves totally over to God. They're willing to sacrifice all that they are to be God's follower. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. And it's also translated in some translations as, I am the Lord's handmaid. And the Greek word handmaid means, can mean slave, and it's the lowest form of a female servant of that day. And Mary humbly is saying, God, I am your slave. You do with me as you wish. You're my master, and I obey you. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, Joseph's response is this. He woke up from the dream, and he did. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he married Mary. He made it official. He took the risk. He overcame his fear. And he had the courage to do what the angel asked him to do. Mary had the courage to accept the gift that God was giving to her. And then he gave, she gave herself as a gift to God. There's only one thing that I think that God really wants for Christmas. And that's our heart. I think there's only one thing that God really, really wants from us, and that is that we would sincerely give ourselves wholly over to him. I want you to think about that for just a minute. What would it mean for you right now to say to God, God, I give everything that I have over to you. Everything I have over to you. I give you my job. I give you my money. I give you my possessions. I give you my wife, I give you my husband, I give you my children, I give you my problems, I give you my pain, I give you my illness, I give you my disease. I give you everything. I give you my dreams. I give you my hopes. I give you my confusion. I give you everything. This is maybe the hardest thing of all for all of us to do is to give everything over to God and to trust him. C.S. Lewis, in his book, A Grief Observed, says this. You have it there in your, out, your outline. You never know how much you really believe anything 
until its truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death. It's easy to say you believe a rope to be strong as long as you're merely using it to tie a cord to a box. But suppose you had to hang by that rope over a precipice. Wouldn't you first discover how much you really trusted it? We can say we believe, but what really tests our belief is can we give our whole selves, can we put our full weight onto God and trust that he will carry us? Mary and Joseph were able to do that. They gave themselves as the first Christmas gifts to God to let Jesus be in their lives. And then, like Mary and Joseph, we can willingly surrender. We can willingly surrender then to God's plans. We can surrender to his will, and we can surrender to the way that God is going to fulfill his will. Now, we often might say, well, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We went through that in our last series. But it's really shown by the way we live. By whether or not we continue to give ourselves over in willing surrender to God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, the second part, Mary, the angel, Mary says to the angel, may it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. She's saying, God, I willingly surrender everything to you. And then the Bible says, then the angel left her. You think about it, well, that's kind of abrupt. I mean, the angel didn't go, you know, out of girl, you know, that's the way to do it. The angel didn't say, oh, thank you. You know, the angel didn't say, I'll be back. The angel just disappears. Has that ever happened to you? Where you say, God, I'm willing to surrender everything to you. And you, you feel it, you're like, ow, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to give it all to God. You know, I promise God I'm going to do everything. And then suddenly it seems like God disappears. I think that's often the way it works. Is we really want to believe that sometimes God withdraws. And he just suddenly disappears. And we can't go on feeling. We can't go on evidence. We have to go on faith that we really did see the angel and that he really did speak to us and that he really did bring God's message to me. And I really did say, God, I give you everything. And so even though now I don't see the angel and even though now I don't have all these great feelings, the angel's taken off. But God, let your will be done. Let your will be done in me. This is not like resigning our will to God. And go, oh, God, I, you know, I just give up. Whatever you want, that's okay. No, this is an active determination to say, God, I want your will so much. I want you to keep showing me the way to go. I want you to help me through this problem. I want you to show me how to trust you, even in the midst when I don't feel all of the willies of your presence around me. I'm willing to believe that what you said will become true. I'm willing to trust you and believe that all will be well, that even though in this world I will have persecution, that with Jesus I will have peace. I will have peace. 
And that's our message for today. Is to come to this point and to this place like Joseph and like Mary. And to decide if we really are going to believe by putting our all on God. Everything. Willingly surrender. Wholly give ourselves to him. In responding to God, we can be like Mary. We can open ourselves up to God and say, God, even in the midst of what I'm going through now, are you trying to do something new? Are you trying to speak something new? Is God wanting to bring and enter into your life in a fresh way, even if it's a hard way? Maybe it's a great way. Maybe it's a wonderful way. Maybe it's an exciting way, and accept that too. I mean, there's nothing better than having a wonderful Christmas and having fun and having joy and being able to give to other people. And if that's where we are, embrace it and thank God for it. And be able to, to have the joy and the laughter that comes with Christmas. I get to go to Disneyland for Christmas. I mean, how great is that? You know, my mother-in-law's going to take our family to Disneyland. So we're, we're going to stay at the Disneyland Hotel, right? You know, we're going to be there on Christmas Eve and get up early and come to church, just like you're going to come to church next week, right? right? And where are we meeting next week? The Atrium Hotel, okay? And that's over by the airport, okay? And, and we're going to meet there at 10 a.m. So, you know, I'm going to wake up from my Disneyland bed and um, come and, and be with you. And then we're going to go back to Disneyland afterwards that. You know, so I'm going to have joy. I'm going to accept it. I'm not going to go, oh, you know, gee, you know, I shouldn't have joy because some people in this world aren't having joy. No. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to accept the good things in life. He wants you to look for the good things in life. Has he blessed you lately with something great? Enjoy it. Thank him for it. Use it for his glory. Embrace the joy that God gives to us. Say yes to him in those times too and remember them because those are the things that help us to say yes when the times aren't so good. And God has so blessed my life. And any time I go through a hard time, I could never, I should never, I do, but I should never complain. Because all I have to do is think back to other times where God has given me so much that I don't deserve. My wife, my children, you. That God has blessed us so much. And yeah, it's easy to get lost in the pain that we have right now. But enjoy the joy when it comes. That's part of believing too. Have the courage to say yes to all things. And then finally... A closing prayer, which is the way we began in our opening prayer. Lord, I am your servant. Let it be with me according to your word. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? And would you just think of these words? I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Wherever you are right now in your life, whatever you're going through, can you say to God, I am your servant. I believe. Therefore, let it be with me according to your word.
Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into this world for us. Thank you for blessing us where we didn't deserve blessing. For giving to us where we didn't deserve the gift. For forgiving us when we didn't deserve the grace. Thank you, Lord, for the times that we're going through now, the good times and the hard as well. Thank you that we get to worship you today. Thank you that in seven days we get to celebrate your birthday. Thank you that we get to worship you now. Thank you that we get to sing to you now. Thank you that we get to be with our families and friends right now. Thank you that we get to encourage each other. Thank you that we can give to one another. Lord, help us to see the power of believing because of the power of the one we believe in who gives us strength, who gives us life, who gives us hope, the greatest gift of all, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.